looking at the life of Joseph, who goes essentially from a little boy and his family to prison pits, to uh, accused of crimes he didn't do, to becoming prime minister in the greatest nation of the world at that time, straight out of prison. Jerry Chua looking good there. He is single, everybody. Amen, amen. The promotable life right there. <laughs> but it's incredible to be together. My name is Michael. For those of you who don't know me, and I am one of the pastors in the life of the church. And I really do have the privilege of preaching this evening. But like Mark said, we are in our series, The Promotable Life, looking at the character of Joseph. And you'll see the story in Genesis 37 to uh, Genesis 50 unfold and look at the character of Joseph and actually God's hand in his life every step of the way. But we're going to be covering three big ideas throughout the preaching series. We're not going to be covering them every uh, Sunday, but we are going to be covering these three big ideas. And the first one is that promotion overlaps with blessing, but is different to blessing. See, the Bible mentions in the New Testament 112 times mentions the word blessing, but never Never is that linked to anything prosperity like. It is not linked to wealth. It is not linked to money things. It says that we have received every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. But I believe that actually uh, when we look at Joseph's story, that not, not only is he blessed by God, but he has been promoted by God because when man's potential encounters God's power, we will see promotion in our lives. And then the second is that promotion comes from God. It's not by our own ability. It's not because of anything that we do. It's just because of who we are, that we are sons and daughters, and we serve a living God who is still alive and active in our day, and he promotes his sons and daughters, not for our own glory, but for his glory. And then the third one is this, and it's such, something that should be such a comfort to our souls. It is that God's got it. God is sovereign. He is in control. He is powerful. He is almighty. And his sovereign hand works in and through our lives. He's in every moment of every moment and above every moment. And we can take heart knowing that when we serve him, he will never put our hope to shame. Why? Because again, he wants all the glory. So to recap where we are in our series is that Joseph was the 17-year-old kid. He had been given a dream by God. He had been given this beautiful technicolor coat by his father because he was the favorite child. And his brothers were jealous of him. In the dream uh, Joseph had, it showed that he, his brothers and his mother and father would eventually bow down to Joseph one day. And they were so jealous that they threw him into a pit. They were going to kill him, but they rather left him for dead. And then he was sold into slavery into Egypt. But then while he was a slave, he served in the household of Potiphar, and he worked there, but he grew in stature, he grew in esteem in the household, and he actually started becoming in charge of all the affairs in that household, and he was promoted in this glorious way. But then he was falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife. And this is where we're going to see Joseph in the story tonight, is that he was thrown into prison. He went from a young man who had all these dreams, who had all these aspirations, who had believed that God had spoken in his life, and then he was thrown into a pit. And then again, he worked his way up, and he was promoted, and he was favored by God, and he said that a man saw the favor of God on Joseph's life. 
But then he ends up in a prison once again. And that's where we're going to look at tonight. So I want to ask you, will you turn in your Bibles to Genesis 39? There is no book of Joseph, but you will find this character in the book of Genesis. Genesis 39, verse 19 to 23, we will be reading tonight. It says this. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. This is Potiphar. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Take note of that phrase. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Let's pray this evening. God, I pray that tonight you will be glorified, that your sons and daughters will see you afresh, but that they will know that you are with us, that your word is true, that you never leave us nor forsake us, and that you do not put our hope to shame, that we can rest and trust in your promises. And I pray that with a posture of faith and a posture of faithfulness tonight, Lord, that we will rise up as sons and daughters and that we will be a beacon of hope to a watching world, Lord. Will you do it in our hearts? Will you do it in our lives? Will you continue to shape and fashion us for your glory and for your kingdom? We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. And amen. Just turn to someone, give them a fist bump and say, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. And you have to say it like you mean it. So we catch up with Joseph in prison. And the title of my preach this evening is Doing Time. And if you are familiar with prison at any uh, juncture in your life, you will know this phrase, doing time. You do time in the yard. You do time in the chink. You do time in the chokey. And I know you're looking at me and you're saying, that guy's done lots of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I've never been to prison, but I've likened my private school to a prison before, so there's that. So, but I can't really relate to Joseph in that regard, but I know that there's been times in my life where I have felt hopeless, where I felt like God's plans and purposes are gone from my life, where I can't see how God is working in my story, and I feel like I am in a prison. Maybe it's a prison of your emotions. Maybe it's a prison of financial chaos or ruin in your story. But there's always a time where we can maybe assess our situation and we can relate, actually, God, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you're working. And we can ask these questions. And I want to say is that we can relate to this character of Joseph. Not just only, maybe we haven't been in a prison scenario before. Most of us wouldn't have. But we can relate to Joseph knowing that he is a son of God, but actually he is in the situation, he is in the circumstance where he cannot see God working. He cannot see the dreams of God coming into fruition in his life, and he's waiting and he's hoping for these things to come to pass, but nothing is happening, and he's going from a palace into a prison, and maybe you are there this evening. You feel hopeless. You feel like God has left you. You feel like God has forsaken you. You can't see things working out for your good. I want to ask you tonight, take heart because God is with you. See, know this, that even the mere fact that Joseph found himself in prison was God's favor. Because in those days, if a slave was found raping an official's wife, they would just be executed. 
But Joseph wasn't. He was actually thrown into the prison of the king's prisoners. And even in this dungeon, which wasn't a great place, God's favor was on that very act. And so he preserved Joseph's life. Why? Because he wanted to get glory from Joseph's life. See, it's not about Joseph's personal story. It is about God's glory. See, even though he is falsely accused and thrown into prison, Joseph was a slave in a foreign land. He didn't know where he, uh, this wasn't his culture. He had been given a dream by God, but he was surrounded by prison walls, surrounded by other prisoners. It was dark, it was dingy, it was despairing. But he still believed and trusted in his God. Why? Because God was with him. See, God never doubted, he never doubted God for one moment. Let me paint us a little bit of a picture. See, each one of us has hopes and dreams. Each one of us has a desired future. And maybe you believe that God has spoken into your life, has spoken into your life about a certain direction or about a certain career or about a certain way that you need to glorify Him. But there's this thing that I like to call the gap. It's the gap between your present reality and the future circumstances that God has for you. And so there's this gap, and there's this gap that is painful. It can be uh, sore. It can be tragic sometimes because you know what God has spoken. You know the future and dreams that he has for you, but your reality and your circumstances don't match that whatsoever. And you need to look and you need to wear, am I going to respond according to my circumstances and how I feel in this moment? And maybe I have nothing in the bank account right now. And maybe I don't have a spouse and maybe I'm not where I want to be. And maybe my thought life isn't where I want it. Or am I going to rest in the promises that God has for me? And am I going to choose to live from that place? not from the place of my circumstances. See, there is this gap, and Joseph finds himself in this gap in this story. But when we look at the character of Joseph, it really is this amazing thing that when man's potential encounters God's power, we see God's promotion in man's life. And I believe that there are certain postures that Joseph took up to make him promotable by God. And so we are going to look at three uh, postures tonight, that postures that Joseph did take up, and postures that Joseph didn't take up. And the first one I want to say is Joseph trusted God and he didn't blame God. See, one thing that we look throughout the story of Joseph is never do we see Joseph blame God for his circumstances. Remember that he was a 17-year-old boy who was thrown into a pit, left for dead by his own family. At that moment, he did not blame God. Then he went into a palace in a foreign land as a slave, and he worked his way up, and he had esteem, and it was comfortable, and he could be in charge of the household schedule, and then he was falsely accused and thrown into prison, and he never blamed God. I can say that that's not my own story. So often, because of my own circumstances, and when things don't work out how I want them, and when I believe that God has spoken, but then I can't see the fruition of that in my life, I start blaming myself. I start blaming others. I start using phrases like, God, where are you? Surely you want this for me. Surely you want this good thing for me. Surely I'm your son and daughter. And this world sells us this thing that, okay, if we serve an almighty and powerful God, then Surely he is working for my good in every situation, and that is true. But I want to present to us tonight that Joseph chose to trust God even when he was in prison clothes. 
See, what clothes are you walking into this place with tonight? Maybe it's the clothes of depression. Maybe it's the clothes of anxiety. Maybe it's the clothes of financial ruin. Maybe it's the clothes of years and years of generational curse or addiction or brokenness, whatever that is. I want to tell you that your clothes do not determine your future. And your clothes should not determine your posture. See, even when Joseph was in prison clothes, he was stripped of everything else. Not once did he look to God and question what God was doing. See, we do not need to wait for the perfect garment to show God's character in our life. We can glorify God in our prison clothes. We can glorify God in our situations. We can glorify God in our brokenness, in our shame, when we have nothing left, in every situation, whether we have millions in the bank or zero in the bank, we can glorify God. And that's what he is asking us tonight. Your clo the clothes you wear do not determine your future. The clothes you wear are not an indication of God's character. See, not once does Joseph blame God but how often do we blame others for our own circumstances? Just, I just have bad luck, eh? The world dealt me a rough hand. If I just made that different decision, if that person was just a little bit kind of me, if that boss didn't screw me over, those are the words we use so easily in our lives. But Joseph never did. See, the thinking goes that since God is supposedly in control of everything, he could have stopped whatever happened in our lives. He could have changed the situation to benefit us. He could have averted the calamity. He could have averted the disaster and the brokenness and the hurt in our lives. Since he did not, he is to blame. But that's not the God we serve. Because we serve a God who is in every moment and of every moment, who is in control of the heavens and the earth, who breathed you into existence, who knows your very life, who knows the hairs on your head, and who is working everything to the good of His purposes, not our own. But His purposes are so much greater than our own life changes, church. And I want you to take heart in that. And just like Joseph, take a posture of surrender, a posture of serving and glorifying God and going, I know I am in a prison. I know I am in prison clothes. I know I have nothing left. I am in a foreign land, but I'm going to choose to worship and serve you, almighty God. See, God is stronger than any threat against us, and whatever he lovingly allows into our lives, he does so for our full and final good, even if it is indeed painful and not pleasant. See, if God was Joseph in the pit, if he was with Joseph in the pit, if he was with Joseph as a slave, we are not surprised to see that he was with Joseph in the prison. See, none of these terrible circumstances changed or defeated God's plan for Joseph's life, and it will not do the same for you. Joseph trusted God. See, God chose Joseph. He gave Joseph the dream. At what point in the prison did Joseph stop being chosen by God? In your circumstances, you are still chosen by God. In your lack, you are still chosen by God. Whatever reality you are facing tonight, you are still chosen and called by God. Your circumstances do not determine your sonship. See, your circumstances do not determine who you are in Christ Jesus and how God views you in eternity. See, he didn't trust God in what he could receive from God. He trusted God because of the character of God. See, what we know about Joseph's attitude, even in prison, is that he still feared God. Not 
any time did he stop fearing God? Did he stop doubting God? Did he, uh, did he start doubting God? And did he stop believing in the promises of God? See, the rewards of heaven and the rewards of earth look different. See, when we're in our prisons, we can't see the hand of God maybe working in that situation. But the rewards of earth and the rewards of heaven look different. In eternity, when we fast forward the story, we see God's providential hand working at every moment in Joseph's life. And I can imagine that if he was a 110-year-old man at the end of his life, and he would be retelling the story and would have, he would just be saying how good and how wonderful his God is, that he never left him, that he never forsook him, that he was in every every moment in the pit, in the prison, in the palace. See, that is the God we serve. So I want to ask you this evening, what does trusting God look like for you? What is your pit? What is your prison? Maybe what are the clothes that you came in here tonight with? What are you trusting God for? And in what circumstance are you trusting God? See, trust God in your circumstance right now. Trust God with the dreams yet to come. If we can trust God with eternity, why can't we trust God with the present? Trust God where you are right here and now. He is calling you to put your faith in Him and Him alone. Not your own ability, not your circumstances, not your boss, not your spouse, not your health. Put your trust in Him and Him alone. See, while we are wearing prison clothes, we are clothed in God's kindness, we are clothed in God's grace, we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. See, he gives us new clothes to wear, and one day we are going to have new clothes in heaven, we are going to have a new name, we are going to have a new life, and there's eternity at stake here, and he has everything in eternity for us, and we just need to trust him. See, there's the posture of trust and blame. But there's this, also there's this posture that Joseph was faithful rather than fearful. See, I believe that Joseph's faithfulness in his story, his ability to do the time, was def a defining promotable characteristic in his life. See, he was able to do the time. Joseph served God where he was placed. Joseph served God in the pit. Joseph served God in the prison. Joseph served God in the palace in a foreign land. Joseph served God. So will we serve God wherever we are placed? Whether you are in Cape Town, whether you are in the UK, whether you are battling anxiety and depression, whether you are newly married or getting married or single, will you choose to serve God with your life? Will you choose to show the glory of God in your life in every circumstance, in every moment, in every thought, in every action? Will you choose to serve God with your life? See, uh, in this text... There's approximately 13 years from when Joseph was a 17-year-old boy with a dream until he became prime minister. That means that he served in Potiphar's household for around 11 years. He served a foreign master in a house as a slave for 11 years. He worked excellently. He gave of his time, he gave of his effort, expecting nothing in return. Why? Because he was a slave, but he knew that he served a God, and his God's, and his God's providential hand was on his life. And so he served, and he gave of his time. And then there's another two years that he spent in prison, serving the master of the prison, serving the prison warden. Can you imagine that? Now, it's like being uh, in prison for tax fraud, 
And then they ask you, will you be in charge of all the finances of the prison? But actually, you're in prison falsely accused for tax fraud, and you shouldn't be there in the first place. But they're asking you to serve. Now, I know my own art. I'm just going to be honest. There's not a chance I'm doing any of that. I'm not going to serve the prison warden. I'm not going to serve the other prisoners' water and make sure that everything is running smoothly. They falsely put me in prison. I shouldn't be there. God has greater plans for my life. He has given me a dream. If only you knew what he's going to do with me, guys. If you only you knew I, I am a son of the living God. But Joseph didn't do any of that. He chose to serve. He humbled himself. He trusted in his God. He never worked from a place of fear, knowing that his God would never leave him or forsake him. He just served where he was. God is calling us to serve for his glory wherever he places us. See, Joseph did the time. And why did he serve people? Why did he serve others wherever he was? I believe that it is because he knew that the Lord was with him. This is a profound thing. This phrase is repeated so often in the book of Genesis in Joseph's story. The Lord was with Joseph. And that word Lord is actually written in capital letters, and it is in the Hebrew, and it is Yahweh. And it is translated as God is near. And so he knew that he could serve. He knew that he could glorify God. He knew that he didn't have to fear about every, anything and that he could be faithful where he was. Why? Because God is near. Life changes PM congregation. God is near. When no one is watching, God is near. When you feel like you have nothing left and you are empty, God is near. When your marriage is on the rocks and you don't know what it's going to take to restore it, God is near. Near, just watch what he does with your little obedience. See, God uses every ordinary uh, thing in our lives for his extraordinary purposes. See, God is near. It says this in Colossians 3, verse 23 to 24 Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Jesus Christ you are serving. When you are serving your boss, when you are in the marketplace, when you are at school, when you are at university, whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. Why? Because it's the Lord Jesus Christ you are serving. If you are in a job and you feel like you just want to get out and you're not supposed to be there, serve with all your heart. Why? So that you can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are at university and you've been given a bursary and you're working just to get through, do it with all of your strength and all of your heart. Why? Because you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a spouse here this evening, glorify your spouse in your marriage to glorify God. Serve them. Treat them well. Why? Because you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to speak to young people this evening quick. Learn how to serve. Learn how to give of your time. Learn how to give of your efforts. Learn how to give of your talents and your treasures. Why? Because if you can serve now, you will continue to serve. There was a consistency in Joseph's story of serving, of pouring out, of giving. Why? Because he trusts God. And if we can do it when we are young, we will do it when we are old as well. If you want to learn how to serve your spouse one day, learn how to serve the church. Learn how to serve Jesus' bride. Because if you can give 
give of yourself in those moments, you'll be able to give of yourself in other moments. Learn how to serve. Learn how to give. Why? Because all we have comes from Jesus Christ. All we have comes from Jesus Christ. All we have in this life, every moment, comes from Jesus Christ, and it is for his glory. Joseph did the time. Wherever he was placed, he served the God, his God. Matthew 25, verse 21 says this. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. What has God given you? This evening, in your marriage, what has God given you? With your talents, what has God given you? With your finances or your business, what has God given you? Live to serve the living God and watch what he does in your story. When we serve for his glory, he will honor your faith and you will see his grace, his goodness, his uh, goodness and his greatness in your life in every way. I truly believe that. When man's potential encounters God's power, we see promotion in our lives. See, the third and final posture that Joseph took up is that he was faithful, not self-filled. See, the central theme of this passage is very clear. The Lord was with Joseph wherever he went. He was with him to sustain him. He was with him to bless him. He was with him to prosper him. He was with Joseph in every circumstance. See, not only must I be faithful wherever I go, I must also be faithful. It says this in James 1, verse 6 to 8, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. See, doubting is not doubting God about his existence. Doubting is about doubting God about his goodness in suffering, in pain, and in hardship. See, we doubt that God's hand is working in our lives. We doubt that God is there in our hardship, in our circumstance, in our brokenness. But we see through this character of Joseph that God was with him every step of the way. We need to be faithful rather than selfful. It isn't about us. It isn't about Joseph's dream. Joseph never served God for the dream that God had given him. He served God. Why? Because of who God was. It wasn't about the dream. It was about the one who gave him the dream. See, serve God, not for your own personal benefit, not for anything that you can achieve in this life. Serve God for his glory because there is an internal inheritance waiting for you. There is eternity at stake. And when we take up that posture and we are faithful in every situation that we go into, whether it's our business place, whether it's our schools, whether it's your home with screaming children running all around, serve God with faith in your heart. Are we a faithful people? Do we believe in God's promises? Do we believe what his word says? Do we believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us and that we will be a beacon and a hope to a watching world? Do we believe that wherever we go, that we are going to walk with a posture of obedience, a posture of faith, a posture of knowing that we are a son, not a slave, not a prisoner, not anything else, but a son of Jesus Christ? 
See, we need to be a people that are faithful, not self-filled. It's not about our own personal story. It is about His glory. And I'm preaching this to my own heart, that in every moment, in every circumstance, when no one is watching, will I live for the glory of God? That one day when I come to heaven, all He will say to me is, my good and faithful servant, you have been faithful for what I gave you in a little, so I will give you so much more in eternity. That is what he is calling us to. Final scripture for this evening, Philippians 2, verse 5 to 7. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus came down to this earth, to pursue you in our brokenness, in our mess, taking on the very nature of a servant, and he made himself nothing so that we could be everything in eternity with our Father. And we, just like him, need to have the same mindset and the same attitude of Christ Jesus, being a servant to others, making ourselves nothing. So why? So that we can glorify the Father. And it's because of His grace and the debt that He paid on the cross, that He has paid the debt in full, that He has conquered your sin, He has conquered your shame, He has conquered death, and so that we can walk in that victory, knowing that we can serve others, that we can pour out. Why? Because He has already poured out everything on the cross for you and for me. Can I ask you to stand to your feet? I believe that we all have choices in life. All of us are dealt different circumstances, dealt different hands, that there's people here with prospering businesses, but I know there's people here with financial lack. There's people here with their house being repossessed. There's people here with challenges in their marriage. And there's people here who have been married for 30 years. We all have different circumstances, but we all serve the same God. And in Him, He has given us every spiritual blessing. He has given us everything that we need, that we are more than conquerors. He has defeated death. He has defeated sin. The power of sin has no hold over your life. That your clothes that you came in here with tonight do not, does not determine your future. That the prison clothes we wear have been thrown away, away, and he has given us a new garment of righteousness. We need to know that we are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. That we are called to have the same attitude. That we are called to serve a broken and hurting world. We are called to show His grace, His love, and His light wherever we go. We are called to live for His glory. And we all have a choice. And so what I'm going to ask you tonight is, what are you choosing? What do you need to let go of to choose to live for His glory? What do you need to take hold of to choose to live for His glory? What do you need to put aside where there's that secret sin that nobody knows? What are you going to do to choose to live for His glory? So Jesus Christ, I pray that we will have the same mindset of you. Will you rewire minds right now, Lord? 
I pray for the young here tonight, Lord, that they will know that their lives are in your hands, that when they choose to seek you, when they choose to follow you, when they choose to honor and glorify your name, that your hope will never put them to shame that you are with them, that you go before them, that as they serve you, you will uphold them. As they serve you, you will be with them. As they serve you, you will never leave them nor forsake them. And I pray for those who are more mature in this room, who have been with you for many years, I pray that you will ignite a fire to keep on serving you, to keep on pouring out in business places, to keep on pouring out in their marriage, to keep on pouring out in their families, to keep on pouring out and glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you call us to it. So Jesus, will you get all the glory in our lives? I pray where there is sin in our lives, will you show it? May we repent. May we turn away from that and may we turn to you, Jesus Christ. I thank you that you are shaping and that you are transforming us right now. That you are with us, that you go before us and you reign above us. And Jesus, I pray that each and every person in this room will know that they are son and daughter of the God Most High. That you bought them at a price and that you are their God and you adopted them into your family and nothing will ever change that. So I pray that we live from that place, that place of acceptance, not for acceptance. So we pray that you have your way in our lives, Lord. I pray that those decisions that people need to make, Lord, I pray that they will be accountable to someone. I pray that they will speak to someone and ask them for support and prayer, and that they will bring it to the open, because where there is light, there can be no darkness. Have your way in our minds, our hearts, and our lives, Lord. And will you get all the glory in every moment. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.